Hey guys, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, and today we have a great guest all the way from Switzerland, and we're going to be talking about content creation and lead generation. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business, branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. We have Cedric Bolak. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it, and I'm excited for our talk. It's a pleasure having you on the show today. You know what? You come all the way from Switzerland and I've, I've been there one time. I'm very excited to have you on the show because I want to get your perspective on what's going on on that part of the country. And so I understand that you are a content creator and uh, you've yes. built your business over the course of four years. Give us a little bit more insight as to who you are, what you do, and what you do for your customers. Sure. Uh, yeah, so let's start from the basics. My name is Cedric Bolak, 30 years old. Um, I started creating content um, end of 2015, where I um, published my first ever blog post, which um, was text-based, and it was really horrible because, like, I did it for about almost a year, and like, no one, no one actually read it. Um, but it took me some time to realize that because, like, you're very excited and you're in it. Um, and then I, I started to publish. Uh, videos after almost a year I realized like it's not working so let's try with video and actually people started giving me feedback so uh, they said like I can't see you I can't understand what you're saying I don't know what this is about but at least I got feedback and and based on that I was able to like really iterate and and start like understanding how to produce videos and my goal was always like how can we add value to entrepreneurs and startups who are just getting started and, and need more exposure and need to practice in front of the camera what it means uh, to be talking about their business and, and themselves. And so I decided like I would go around and record um, interviews with people in person. So I would just like invite them either to my studio, or I would go to their offices and we would talk about their entrepreneurial journey. And after about like, um, yeah, how much was that? About 60 episodes or so, I realized that if you have a hobby, you need to still find a way to finance that somehow. I was back then still a student, so I had to figure out a way how we can monetize with our content and these expertise that we acquired, or back then it was just me, now we have a team, but um, that we acquired of um, how, produce, how to produce business content. So um, about two years ago, we, we realized that we have um, a team, we have a very a good and interesting set of skills in the video production space and we started saying like okay like why not to offer this as a um, package deal for our potential customers and as it turned out that like some of the biggest corporates in the world such as the smartphone manufacturer Huawei uh, who is these days like in many different areas but like they are one of our our main clients who um, send us requests to actually produce videos for their corporate channels, um, which which is super exciting and gives us access to proprietary information. Um, so one of the key examples is like when we started producing videos for them, that was about how much two and a half years ago. Or so we were um, talking about 5G, 
And as you can see now in the media, like that's one of the big topics, but we already spoke about that, uh, you know, two or two and a half years ago on our channel. So that is kind of like, I want people to say like, hey, look, I saw your video from three years ago. I wish I saw that then. And then they should start watching our stuff. So if I understand you correctly, you're utilizing your skills in business and you're now creating a team to start incorporating video content and then building or helping build a business from the ground up or even utilizing these, uh, these, this content for video for other businesses uh, and, and creating ads. Is that what you're doing? Are you using it for marketing? Yeah, I mean, like for us, it's, it's really important. We, we have like a long-term vision how we ultimately want to make money, um, which is by really helping uh, the startups, investing our time, resources, but also capital into these companies. So like to make sure that like everybody who watches any of our content online understands that we're not just promoting a company that paid us a certain amount or some PR company that came to us and like gave us a certain check so we will promote them. Like all the companies that we feature I truly believe that they're going to be successful. And not only that, I'm actually putting money behind them. So I really try to put money where my mouth is. And I really try to make sure that we have this, number one, authentic to the outside, but also like this reliability and trusted. Like we are not just promoting someone because of a check. And that we really are uh, focused on quality. Obviously, we are sometimes wrong. Sometimes uh, companies we believe can go, go big and actually got busted. Um, that that's fine. That that's part of the game. But we really believe in that. Now, unfortunately, like um, when you get out of of college or university, no one is just writing you a check as an LP to invest in companies, uh, uh, bigger checks. So, like you have to start somewhere. So for us, um, right now, the way we make money is by branded by by selling uh, videos to to companies and corporates from around the world. And those videos are geared towards that company. Is that how that works? Because like. I mean, you, do you go to the company and you do you feature them? Is that how that works? Um, well, we have very different types of, of video series that we do. So I, I give you a very simple example. So Jeep approached us and asked us if we could help them with brand awareness within the investor community. So I said, like, yeah, it would be a great idea. Like, if why don't we, like, use, for example, one of their latest car models and use them as a carpool. So I, I don't know if you know Carpool Karaoke. So we did something very similar uh, here in Zurich, where we, we invited a couple of guests into a, a grand Cherokee, like this is the, the their biggest and fanciest model. And we drove around Zurich and I asked them like questions in innovation and questions in investing in startups. And then this was a video series uh, about branded content. So about content that someone paid for, um, but we um, make it very clear that we have content that is totally independent that's when we feature startups and that's when we feature people that we believe are actually um you know promising and 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 where we put our our money and then we have our brand content which is very very clearly indicated with big logos and it says everywhere this is in collaboration with and that's how we separate these two to make sure we keep this independence and how are you using this content are you using it like on facebook instagram are you building personal oh, yeah, websites twitter yeah. I mean, the personal website we haven't done yet, but like what we do is basically we 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 we, we discuss very clearly before we start with the before we start with the working with a new client, we we try to understand 
why do these people want to work with us specifically and what why do they need this video so is this video needed to acquire new clients is it acquire, is it necessary for brand awareness do they need to integrate it into the newsletter that is like something that most often is the case so like these big corporates they have uh, these corporate newsletters that they send out and they want to have video content in there. So usually it's published on, on YouTube and then they embed it into their newsletter. It can be on LinkedIn. It's very often when it's business related because you know LinkedIn is very, very strong with the organic reach at the moment. So highly recommended to post um, videos that are shorter than 10 minutes to, to LinkedIn right now. Um, and, and Facebook, you know, Facebook is, a, is nice to have at the moment. Unfortunately, the algorithms are super tough for, for business content. So your your background is in business, and you've delved you're delving into the content creation part of this. How did you familiarize yourself with video? Is it was that like just trial and error? I said I'm. I mean, did you say something like, I'm just going to try it for the first time and, and put something together and see what happens, or did you create a team of experts in videography and, and put something together professionally and then present that to other businesses? Um, so, so it's a mix. I mean, in the beginning, um, the first 50 videos, I did everything by myself, like from inviting the guests to editing, to or recording, editing, publication, analytics, everything by myself. Um, then when you start like, um, in the brackets, having a family and kids, or you start having more, um, things to get done, um, on, in an, on operational level in your company, and uh, then you have to start building a team so you can have, uh, uh, support. So yes, I, I actually still record everything by myself because it gives me the flexibility of recording whenever, wherever I am. But um, from the moment I stop recording, um, I have a streamlined process with the remote team. And we are at the moment, we are eight plus me. So we are a total of nine people who everybody um, sits in a totally different place in this world. Um, and they are working on, on a certain project. So it can be um, editing the videos, it can be editing um, the audio, sometimes it's even separated, sometimes, then we have designers who work on the thumbnail, we have the social media management who, who works on the text, uh, we put in a lot of thoughts into the titles, titles are super important and we always have discussions with the title to take, so like it's really um, super, super interesting um, how we try to collaborate across different countries, across different time zones, um, with obviously only the best of the best people, we try to to find this talent around the world. So a question that I have is, uh, how did you put your team together? I mean, you, you're building these videos, and then all of a sudden you need help building, or I should say editing these videos. How did you put them together? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, I, you know, like, the well, moment you start... Excuse me? Yeah, so I guess another, another, another way to put this is you put your team together are, are they on payroll are you paying these these guys no. or are they volunteers or are they just dedicated to the cause oh no, no i mean number one i have a personal rule that like whoever works for me gets paid no matter what um because i i once interned for a company and i wasn't paid and it was a horrible experience and i said to myself I rather do something myself or 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 not hire someone than than not paying them. So everybody by me gets paid for their work. Um, that's that's definitely something that is super important to me. Now I only work at the moment with freelancers um, from all around the world. Now when you work with freelancers, um, especially 
I would say here in Zurich, when the your neighbors are all on payrolls and it's a big banks so and they have a lot of legal systems and everything, um, it's a very different mindset than when you work with with freelancers. So my first tip would be like freelancers want to do their work, they enjoy their work, and they want to get paid on time. So if if you understand this and you can work with with this mindset, then it's always a give and take, and we both need each other. I need my video editor, and my video editor needs me for paying, and, and like this, it's a very, very nice collaboration. So that, that is like something super important um, that I always keep in mind when, when, when I start recruiting new people. Now to the actual recruiting process, which I think is crucial, crucial to working with freelancers over the long term is um, there, there are several platforms you can go into them if you want, but like it's Upwork, Freelancer, uh, Fiverr, so many. There's like five or six platforms you can use to find freelancers. That's not the issue. But for me, for me, what's really important is to see how I worked with them over several projects before they really start working for me uh, more regularly. So we always have a trial project. So first I post my job. Then I have a short interview. I see how they communicate. I see how they communicate, for example, when I all of a sudden don't respond for two hours. Do they get nervous or are they upset? And this is all things that if you work over time zones, sometimes the other person just goes to sleep. And you have to understand that like, this, this, is, this is the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is all the things that I try to test in the first interview, um, which by me, by the way, is always over WhatsApp and only in writing. Because majority of the time, I speak to my people only in writing. So like, I would never have a phone call with them in an initial interview because this is not how I'm going to interact with them over the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. So if I can't communicate with them or they immediately want to jump up on the call, I say thank you very much, but this is just not the right way of, of communication. And then I give them about a three-month period um, of work that we work together. And once they pass that stage, if it organically developed nicely for both sides, um, I have never had anybody who left me because we didn't get along. It was more because they wanted to move on or they found another opportunity or they wanted to further develop, which is all acceptable. But so far, I'm lucky that like everybody who I onboarded at least stayed with me for uh, the the shortest one is my personal assistant for now almost eight months. Um, But everybody else is is with me for, for a longer time. So you've been doing this for some time now. What motivated you to do this? Like all of a sudden, did it just come to you that you wanted to become a content creator? Why didn't you just start working for like IBM or one of these major companies? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, number one is freedom. Freedom. I mean, I I see exactly like the like I see exactly how much time and effort I have to put in, but I also see what comes out, and and this is usually correlated somehow. And, and number two, um, I, I tried the being hired thing during internships, and uh, it was just not really suitable for me <laughs> um, to be this this type of person or like being locked in for this nine to five. Uh, that that didn't fit with me so well. Um, and and now since I'm lucky to have uh, two beautiful children, um, I. It, like it makes me crumble inside when I just have the thought that I have to ask the boss whether I can t- attend a meeting or pick up my kids or anything like this. Everything is worth it just for that, <laughs> not to have to ask a boss or being 
rely like relying on someone saying yes whether i'm allowed to pick up or have time to pick up my kids well you know as an entrepreneur you 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 have a little bit of leverage as to your your schedule but you're still continually working and sometimes you're working in my opinion harder than you would if you were working with somebody else because you're working towards a goal what are some of the habits that you're doing on a daily basis that contribute towards your success yeah it's a very good question, and and I actually changed my mind recently about that. So I used to think that like yes, like twelve or fifteen hour workdays are good. Um, since I read the book uh, Why We Sleep, um, I don't I forgot the author name, but um, it was recently recommended on Twitter by Bill Gates. Um, a fantastic book that shows you the importance of sleep. And since then, I have I implemented some changes in my uh, in my daily. Um, habits to really understand like, okay, can I get my eight hours of sleep? And I tell you like people who work 15 or 16 or even more hours a day, I'm not sure that, I mean, it might be that they're more successful, it's possible, but I don't think that is sustainable. And if you ask me uh, the biggest opportunities in the next couple of years or, and how we further increase our work efficiency and economy efficiency on a macro level is by making sure that the workforce is sleeping eight hours a day, and that will reduce so much time that we need to achieve the same results or even better results. So what I implemented for myself is I leave my phone, my smartphone, um, in my office from every night, almost every night, um, and always from Friday afternoon till Monday morning, I'm not available besides people who call me, and I don't get too many unscheduled phone calls, so... uh, (laughs) Uh, the only way to reach me over over the weekend is actually by calling me. Um, so I leave my phone. I have no emails, no access to WhatsApp, no access to anything um, online because I think it's so important to calm our brains down to make sophisticated decisions in the long term. And every investor who tells you that you have to work, work more hours, I think is a bad investor because – not saying like if you only work an hour a day. I'm saying like people who work – hard but not realizing that like sleep is important i think is not thinking of the long-term plan that especially when you build a business it's a marathon and not a sprint exactly so sometimes sometimes you have to stay up late sometimes you have to call uh, take a call in the middle of the night because of the time zones sometimes you have to do all of these crazy things i agree but you don't have to do it every day you don't i really don't think so I think if you are focused between nine and five or 10 and five and you have slept well, um, then you can get done so much stuff in these couple of hours that um, I don't think almost anything justifies a 15 hour workday. Exactly. That's what I felt. With me. So <laughs> what are some yeah, of the challenges then, that you've been facing as you started this business? Uh, challenges. I mean, you know, like especially now I just graduated from my master's degree about three months ago. And for, for me, the main challenge now, as you said before, was like really understanding where, like, do I really want to make this a business or get hired? Um, and if you want to make this a business, and I don't know all the legal implications in, in, in the US, but in, in Switzerland, the legal implications are basically that if you want to uh, found a company um, on a certain, a certain type of company, you need a certain amount of cash upfront, which uh, I, as a just graduate of, of, a, of a university don't have. So right now um, we are in a situation where we have investors who said yes to investing in me and my team and our idea. 
Um, but like this moment um, when you are in between, like, yes, you got the handshake. Yes, there are, but like the money is not on the account yet. You don't have the company yet. So like this in between stage that no one is talking about, or like when you reflect and ask them like, oh, like I just found the company last year, what that actually mean in the essence, uh, that, that is something that I don't think is communicated enough. And that's like what for me is a big challenge. So people usually talk about their successes, about their failures. And, and I don't hear so much about the, the process. I don't hear so much about like what it means that you got to this success, what it means to get to this failure. And, and to talk about the actual failure and the actual success, is, it's just like the tip of the iceberg. But for me, it's much more interesting. Like, did you actually sign this document or like, do I need a term sheet or like, there's so many things that you have to think about all the time, especially as the founder, and you want to avoid the big mistakes. So like, obviously we all mistake, make mistakes and, and we do certain things wrong, but you want to avoid the big ones. So, yeah. so that is like this challenge of not knowing, um, that is something that I still sometimes have a hard time. Um, but again, like we're, we're pushing and, and try to get the next step. You have these businesses that are approaching you like Jeep. Yes. How are you seeking out business? I mean, how are you trying to get people in the door? So we, we, um, I mean, again, like we are lucky that some of the companies come to us. Um, but on the other hand, we also, um, strategically try to schedule meetings for me. Um, but again, like this, this is like something that like is, is very founder specific. So I personally love talking to people. I think it's always fascinating. I think there's not one person you can send me into my office that I wouldn't be fascinated about their story or about like something they can teach me or something like, so I really enjoy that. But like, nevertheless, like we try to be more strategic about like, who am I meeting? Um, what is it about? And, and, and trying to figure out that we get into this meeting with more context without losing this aspect of building the relationship. And again, like building relationship is again, like a tip of the iceberg term. It's more like what that means is first you have a coffee, you see each other at an event, you talk about a certain sports event, or you talk about some family, you understand he is also a father, he has a kid, he doesn't have a kid, he's getting married, whatever. And this is what it means to build relationship. And then eventually sometimes people come up to you and say like, yeah, we would like to work with you. Um, or you actually present them with the, with the way you ask, Asking is a big thing if, you, if you're if uh, not worried about the no, which we all are sometimes, but if you if you can handle the no. I always actually tell people, I prefer to get a no than not getting a reply. I think not getting a reply is the worst for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if someone doesn't reply, it's like, I ignore you. I think that is worse to me. It feels worse to me than like saying like, Cedric, like, I don't want this product from you. Or like, yeah. no, we can't work together. Or like, I don't have the budget or whatever. Like, I don't like you or I don't think you're doing something smart. Like, something, everything right? Everything is acceptable. <laughs> everything is acceptable. But like, ignoring, that hurts. Ignoring is hurt. That hurts. So I definitely got you as far as building relationships. That makes total sense. In fact, I wrote down building relationships and then you said it. I'm like, wow, that's amazing that you're even, that we're on the same page, which is great because, you know, building relationships is important, you know, and networking and getting your name out. And so obviously you've branded yourself and you're trustworthy because people where companies are approaching you. So how did you go through that? How did you get to that point where you've branded yourself as a trustworthy business? I mean, we deliver and we, start, we even over deliver. So like we try number one, um, you know, like number one is like we created around 500 videos in the last three years. 
So someone who has been following me and like, you know, has been seeing my progress, um, I think it's this consistency uh, that is super important um, for people to get to know you. Yeah, that, that, that is basically it. There, there's not much more to say. Like, So establishing a quality product that you can deliver to the customer yeah. and then they see that and then building yeah. building yourself as a brand that way. I understand. I totally totally get that. What was a what was a point in your career and the trajectory of your of your business personal life that just all of a sudden you just said, "You know what? This is what I've got to do." I would say I, I would definitely want to be in this for the next 5 to 10 years and I think it would be irrealistic to to think beyond that well, time. <laughs> well, people in Switzerland they retire early, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would say like, you know, um I mean, again, like for me, I always have like certain criteria. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I, I established these criteria as something that like I want to work in. So um, I would say 99% of my strategic decision I, decisions I take for the company is can I be location independent? Can I close my laptop, go to a totally different country and continue working and making the same amount of money? And that is like something that like, for me, it's super important. Um, we have so far only made one decision that does not fulfill it, which is like having the studio here that you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides that, like we always try to make sure that like we can actually uh, be be like really only depending on 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 my laptop and and some internet. Exactly. And that that is for me, that is for me like something that like is very important. Um, and it has to, I, especially when you're building something on your own. I think you have to enjoy it you have to like it and and for me like being able to to talk to the entrepreneurs who usually have a fascinating story again talking about the process um that is something that like really really excites me every every time i get to speak to these people mm-hmm. um and and i think that is that is that is just like if you're excited in the morning to get to the office or to get started and to work I think that that is like what feels fulfilling at the end of the day, at the very, very end of the day. What's got you motivated? So what got me really motivated is um, like, again, like this sense of uh, freedom and this sense of having it in my own hands and really being like um, around people who are trying to change the world. So like literally when you talk to to startup people or people who are in the startup world, um, they're usually thinking very big it depends a little bit in what uh, community you are in but a lot of these people they're, they're thinking really big so that that really motivated me to be to be in this space um, of, of startups and entrepreneurship um, now when you look more kind of like on the like let's say on the work life balance I think um, because I'm, I'm myself entrepreneurial or I build my own business like having my time management in my own hands that is something that is super important to me uh, that I can really do it when um, when it feels right. So you know, sometimes you you feel better in the morning, sometimes you feel better in the afternoon, and you you want to use the productive time when you get it, when you have it. And I always felt like when I did this internship, so when I worked for other companies, then like you don't have that. Then you just sit at the desk for like eight or nine hours a day, and I didn't want that. I just mm-hmm. didn't want that for myself. I wanted to have this freedom to be able to do it like when I feel comfortable. <laughs> was, there, was there anything holding you back when you started? You know, like right now, since I'm not a student anymore, the opportunity cost of not earning a salary at one of the big banks, um, that is something that like sometimes knocks a little bit on, on me. 
because like I could go out and just like make probably much more money than I do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, I'm just thankful to to my wife and my kids and my parents and my my support uh, system who are willing to to support us however it is so so we can make it work as uh, as a family but like also as a business who is influencing you right now like who's your main influence <laughs> well on a business level i mean i i look up to to on on youtube who have who were able to build a business based on let's say content creation or run a business and use content to actually um show what they're doing so i give you two examples from from youtube as you probably know so probably the, one of the best storytellers is casey neistat um one of the biggest youtubers or one of the earliest youtubers maybe not the biggest anymore but one of the earliest youtubers um, i actually am going to release a video today um, where I got to meet him here in Switzerland, Casey, when he was here. Uh-huh. So we released this video today, super inspiring. Um, and then on a business level, um, when it's about content creation at scale, then definitely Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, like he is absolutely, um, I would say insane, because I know he would like to hear that he's insane <laughs> in, a positive, in a positive sense. Uh, I never got to meet him in person, but I would say like the way he is able um, to really separate his business and his personal life using social media is absolutely amazing to me. I mean, like, I've been following this guy for like three or four years now. I don't think he ever showed or spoke about his wife or kids ever. Um, I mean, or I rarely hear him saying anything about them. And he's so massively out there that I think it's fascinating to see, like, how can how you can create an image to the outside, to the world, like, of hustling, of running around the world and taking planes and private jets and helicopters and, you know, running around the whole country. Um, but nevertheless, being very strategic about like what you show to the audience and what you don't. And I think that is fascinating. I think that is really like something that like one of the biggest opportunities I see now in this decade to come where you can and everybody can position themselves exactly how they want to be perceived online. And I think that is that is massive. You know, he was here at South by Southwest uh, in Austin yeah. recently. Yeah. Yes. He, he, oh, you, you know I, he I was there. Was there but... Excuse me. <laughs> I said, you know, he was there. I yeah, I follow him, and yeah. like he he has to be there if he's like. Yeah, it's, he's it's like, like the mecca for for business. Yeah, for sure. What's some of the best advice you've received? Listen to your gut feeling. I mean, you always have like a certain amount of information um, at hand, and sometimes. You miss out some information. Sometimes you make certain mistakes because you didn't hear about it. But like, you know, end of the day, you know, you have to understand the big picture. What do you want to say about yourself when someone is lying in bed about to die? Like, <laughs> that is like, that is like what should always be driving us. So like, I've never heard of like, I don't know, people who are elderly, let's say, and say like, oh, I wish I worked more or <laughs> I wish I had more money or maybe yeah, maybe people say I wish I had more money, but people saying like, I don't know, like nobody's taking any money with them. So like if you die, then the money's gone. So like, why do you want to accumulate so much money? There's, there may be good reasons, but if you look at the at Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, the very wealthy people or Mark Zuckerberg, they're giving away their, all their money. So like we have to pursue something that has an impact 
in our lives. Um, some, it has to be financial so we can live, but it shouldn't be something that like we just want to chase money for the sake of having more than than the Johnsons. <laughs> exactly. Leaving a legacy behind is paramount for being remembered for what it is that you've done uh, or the impact that you've left uh, on this world, you know. But it's very important. This legacy can be very, very different for, for, for every person. So it can be someone who um, built a big business, someone who is very big in philanthropy, someone who is very big in charity, but it can also be the, the head of a family, I don't know, let's say in the classical sense, like mother who raised their children. I know these days it can be very different. It can be also the father. I agree. I'm just saying like to picture what I'm trying to say. So like the legacy can be very, very different um, for, for every person. And we have to respect that not everybody wants to become a billionaire. <laughs> so how can our listeners get a hold of you? So the best way, the absolute best way is um, reaching me over WhatsApp. So you can, you know, use my number 0041798828802. Or if you want to do it the old side, you can send me an email at cedric at globaltechbox.com. Cedric Bolock from Switzerland, content creator. Thank you for coming on the show. You're an inspiration to me and our listeners. I'm really excited to have had you on the show and give us your wisdom on what you guys are doing over there. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Well, there you go, guys. Cedric Bolock. And if you're a freelancer or you're a startup and you want to contact him, refer to the show notes. All of his information is going to be on there. Uh, And also, remember, get your sleep and leave a legacy. Until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.